0: Hello there and welcome to the episode of the Gareth Boot Podcast. This is episode 31 and today I've got a guest with me. i am um, had to go too far to find this guest because I live with her. So welcome Sue.
1: Welcome. Welcome. I'm, yes, thank you. Thank uh, you for asking welcome. me to be a guest. Uh, they,
0: well, I just thought I, want, I wanted to talk to you about this subject for a while and you're very busy these days with your yoga and your bits and pieces you do mm. and... Um, you're you're a bit distracting at the moment 'cause because <laughs> Sue's just been into town and come back with a purchase and, and what are you wearing, Sue?
1: It's gold it's like a gold polo neck jumper, quite close fitting and smooth.
0: She looks like an alien. Well you because it does look gold, it looks quite it could be silver or gold from down here. Anyway, very nice.
1: Thank you. Is that
0: the um the Christmas ensemble?
1: Yeah, if nothing else turns up. <laughs> you and your you
0: and your gear. But I mean, this, this is a little bit a little bit like the subject I want to talk to you about because, you know, you go out and come back with things that most people just wouldn't even look at.
1: That's why they're always reduced. <laughs> but,
0: well, no, but they, you always wear them well.
1: Thank you.
0: So I want to talk to you today about creativity because um, it's something that I, I am always amazed at your level of creativity in anything you do. Oh. Not anything, but everything you do.
1: That's a very nice thing to say. So
0: I thought it might be nice to just explore that with you on a podcast so anybody else listening to it
1: mm-hmm. could
0: maybe come up with some ideas around their creativity because I'm a great believer, you have to tell me that you share this idea, that as human beings that we have a need to be creative. I oh, think I it's agree. something we, we all need to have and, and if we're not allowed to be creative in some way, shape or form, it can feel very stifling.
1: Well, we are creators. That that is our purpose Ooh, on earth.
0: Indeed, when you look at some of the stuff we've created as human beings, it's quite amazing, it's really. It's
1: Quite staggering.
0: So, the thing about your creativity is, when I first met you and got to know you, you had you had a, a very different way of dressing. You you looked different.
1: You remember I told you I toned it down.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> toned toned it down or not, you you had a different way about you and. There was this essence of, of creativity. You had a kind of feel about you that if you'd have told me if I didn't know what you did before I met you, by the way you looked and acted, it, it wouldn't have been a surprise to me if you were a, a writer or a, an artist or something like that. You had you carried that air about you. Well, well I
1: suppose I am. I have done job uh, jobs that have been quite artistic
0: or creative. So, so your creativity, because I suppose there's this there's two things really. There's a the creativity that you that you use to earn money. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk about that because that's how you first got into your, I suppose, your first creative outlook when you were younger. And then t- I want to talk about creativity in the home and in life in general. So we'll just box off career first. So you you, you went to um, quite a good school, didn't you?
1: <laughs> it was a very good school, yes. It was very academic, um, which is not really my thing, but we did have the chance we had a really good art department and we also had a drama. We did drama GC drama cse which was quite new
0: yeah i remember cse so well, we had an amphitheater and,
1: and a stage and yeah we were quite so, so the school you went to
0: was it was a grammar school once it I was marley two grammar, schools. Marley grammar, grammar marley school
1: grammar and i went to rothwell grammar before that
0: wow so clearly you never went to like a, a, a normal comprehensive no so you had your, your, your artistic things there so when you first When would you first recognise that you had a kind of a creative streak to you? Was it before you went to school, you know, when you were very young? Were you very creative?
1: Yeah, right back at junior school, I used to love to read. And I also used to like to... In in one of the the art classes at school, we used to read about characters, made-up characters, you know, like Jabberwocky. And then we had to do our interpretation and paint... Um, and I won a prize for it. It was grey with bits of wool hanging off it. A Jabberwocky. I'm a Jabberwocky. And I enjoyed. And I got lost. You know, when you start doing something and time disappears. Yeah. And then for and then at home for Christmas and birthdays, I start getting things like um, spirographs and these plastic things. You know, you set flowers in like resin. And I always got something like that for, for Christmas or birthdays. And I just used to spend time on my own in my bedroom making stuff. Making like when it was my sister's birthday, I was really young. I bought a packet of spangles. Is that what they're called?
0: Them sweets, and like yeah. red sweets. Yeah. All they different were spangles. colours. I, hard like, mm, boiled. And and I'm not I know what you mean. I, yeah, I, 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 can, I remember called spangles. spangles. I thought they were one And flame, I, but...
1: I got, I saved two margarine tubs and washed them out and I put the spangles in and then I decorated the tubs and gave them to them for birthdays. I think they like tossed them out window. I going were, were, they, were they impressed? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember that much. But I remember making, and I had a little tin and I put a, a spring in it, you know, so when it opened, it sprung out Ooh. and it had a little picture of me on it. <laughs> picture of you on it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what that what the point in that was.
0: Um e- egotistical. It's even at a very young so. <laughs> age.
1: it was just I used to bit make stuff out of what was but lying don't, around. Don't you
0: think a lot of kids were like that? I re- I yeah. remember, I mean, I don't remember being that young myself if I'm honest. I don't remember being um being at in that level of early school. But I remember my own children, they always had a creative streak to them. Mm. Um with the exception of my son. My son didn't actually. My son was never creative really. In in a sense, if he didn't like to draw and paint, yeah, and I, I think that's I kind it's, of
1: more artistic, yeah, it, rather than creative.
0: He, but it, but he, he did play football, and, and when he played football, he did things that nobody expected him to do, which I, th- I thought was an element of creativity just mm. in that. So I'm just going to lower my microphone; now. it's a little bit loud. So you started off this creative kind of journey when you were at school, and were you encouraged to be creative? Was that something you were encouraged to be at home, or you know, were, were your mum and dad creative?
1: My parents weren't remotely creative at the time but I mean my dad's not here anymore but now my mum is a lot older I think she's 77 she started last year watercolor painting she likes she's always knit she used to knit the most amazing stuff and she still does knit so looking back she was a very busy woman she was very young she got three children she worked she probably didn't really have that much time but yes she does have a creative streak my father um, used to make stuff that always fell apart.
0: Yeah, and I, I haven't met people like that. It's, um, it, it, there's a lot of. I think it, the thing about creativity for me when you're making something is you've got to thoroughly enjoy making it. Because if you don't enjoy making it, you're not going to put the effort in to do it properly. I mean, I did a blog about this, which was really interesting. I, I've done a bit of decorating and some DIY in the last couple of months. And, um, We'll talk more about it in the next section when we talk about creativity at home because I want to. Okay. So bring me back to that, or I'll bring you back to that. So you went to school, you enjoyed your creativity, grammar school. So, so realistically, when you go to a grammar school, I suppose there's an expectation maybe that that's going to lead to more of an academic career.
1: Yes, it was very academic. But saying that, we did have a good art uh, department, and also I loved hockey. I loved um, athletics. And I also was in the diving team and I, um, I represented my school actually in the neat dive. Is that what it's called? So you can see when you do a neat dive, you've got to be quite precise and you've got to be quite graceful. So there was a lot of creativity around that as well. I came second in some, some rather large competition.
0: Well, there you go. What did you get for that? Anything special?
1: A medal somewhere. A medal. Oh, and I went on television as well.
0: Excellent. <laughs> Famous. Fame and fortune is a On diver. a quiz
1: programme, the, everybody, they came around to the school, you know, like sussing out people in, yeah. in drama <laughs> class and I got chosen.
0: So when you got to kind of the, the, the business end of school, when you took your exams, what was your intended route at that point? Where were I you gonna going to go after school? Is what I was going to art college. Right, so you're going to go to art college. Mm,
1: to do textile design.
0: Okay, so was that kind of leading towards a career in clothing making dresses yeah it's
1: about um, printing fabric printing designing patterns um so yeah materials textiles and but clearly you didn't end up there i didn't end up there so
0: tell us what happened because this is the bit that i i find interesting about you because i think from a person development perspective from a life perspective every now and again you fit you come to a crossroads Mm. you know there is only a left and a right and across crossroads is straight on, so let's call it a T junction. Um, <laughs> so you've got the choice of left or right. Sometimes, and, and you had two choices You got art college at the left, and mm-hmm. what, what appeared on the right?
1: Um, when I was uh, fourteen, I got a, a sausage job in a hair salon right in the middle of Leeds.
0: So you do this because you wanted to work in a hair salon, or more like, I just needed a job. I'm 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 an age but I need a bit of money.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it's like now, but at one point, you could work in a hair salon when you were under sixteen from 14 whereas if you went into retail if you went to Schofields or any of the shops you had to be 16 uh, but hair salons for some reason you basically went just to sweep up and make cups of tea and um, 14 and I, I just wanted to get a job so the hair salon was the only one that I could get and looking back I mean what a stroke of of luck really. <laughs>
0: Well, I think this is something I think is always very difficult to quantify because you don't know what would if you'd taken the left t- turn and ended up going to textiles. You could have been the next Vivian Westwood. I could have been. So I think, and I think that's important is that I don't think you should ever regret decisions you make. Mm, no. And I, th- I know people can do that. They can say, oh, you know, if only I'd have taken that opportunity. Well, y- you don't know what would happen if you did. So you go into this this place, you're sweeping air up, making tea. Mm. And then it expanded from there, didn't it? You um... It
1: did, because this was 1976. And in in the world of... How old were you? 14? 14.
0: 14. I was six.
1: <laughs> I should have. In the world <laughs> of hairdressing, it was coming out of shampoo and sets, um, long hair being put up. And we were going... It was the, the age of Sassoon's and the geometric haircuts and all the kind of like... Um, New Wave, Punk, all that. It was a really exciting time in in the world of fashion and hairdressing. And there were these uh, stylists in the salon. I used to be sweeping up and watching them doing these rather incredible and amazing works of art. And then we, I don't know if a lot of you will have heard of the Rocky Horror Show. That was the first year that the Rocky Horror Show came from London, up from London, and we ended up doing the cast's hair. So if anybody knows the story, it's very wild and wacky. And it just took me into this world of creativity in hair that I never, you know, we were doing the asymmetrics, we were doing block colors underneath. We were just having a really good time. And I decided that if I went... I, I got offered an apprenticeship in a really, really good salon. So that was a plus. And also, I always had my eye on having my own business. So I did get offered a place at Jacob Kramer. And when it came to it, I chose to stay at the salon.
0: So how did, how did that go down at home? Did, was that something that... Did you get, no, no. get encouraged? Or were, were they, I were was encouraged
1: of... because... I had been there for more than two years and my mum could see how much I enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, I used to get into trouble with my dad from coming home on the last bus because we used to do night school and we'd be there all day. I mean, I'd leave house the house at seven in the morning, come back at ten at night. I used to think it was slave labour and stuff. And it just became my life. I absolutely loved it.
0: I think the interesting thing when people going to something i mean i i recall the first time i got into employment and it's kind of a whole different world for you because it's the first time you probably as as a, as a human being it's the first time you've been actually treated as a, as an equal adult because mm. you think about it you're at school and you're at home even at college you've still got that kind of sense of um youth about you you're not yeah. treated as a person but i think the first time i started work when i started work i loved being at work because i, I, I felt like i had my own identity I think you have your own responsibilities and there is a sense of growing up when you work. Um, So I can understand, I mean, I used to long days when I I worked in a a market stall, but not anywhere close to what you did. But those days when they were long, there was something kind of satisfying about that.
1: Yeah, I used to fall asleep on the bus on the way home. I was so tired.
0: And the thing that I found even at that age is once you enjoy a job, the money becomes less relevant. If If you're enjoying what you're doing, I mean, I used to get, I think, £13 a week for working at markets and, you know, I never thought about that. The money, of course, you, you wouldn't do it if it were for free. Um, but I think it's interesting when you're talking there about, you know, you, you had a long days, you thought it was slave labor. And, because sometimes you have to put them times in, don't you? That's the, that's the essence of an apprenticeship. You are learning somebody's yes. skills cheap.
1: Yeah. M- my father was quite, um, he didn't understand at all. And he gave me a really, really hard time. Like, he won't mind me saying this.
0: Well, you won't what is it?
1: <laughs> every day of my life, every minute of every day of my life, he gave me a hard time. Oh. Uh, uh, God, think God you, rest his soul. God rest
0: his soul. Fathers, I think fathers can be quite um, difficult, by, by quite harsh with the daughters. And I think it's one of those things. Having two, two girls myself as well as a boy, um, I'm probably a bit, maybe a bit harsher with, with the girls in 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 the things I don't want them doing where there's a lad gets a little bit more kind of flexibility. So you've gone to you've gone to uh, um you've Started left school you've gone you start your apprenticeship you're there for that. And so eventually I mean you know long story short cause have, I want to kind of get into all the bits of creativity. You you did end up really realizing that dream to own your own business didn't you?
1: I did. When when I was working in the the first salon I met my um pa- my husband Glenn. So between us we opened a salon, more of a suburban salon, in where we lived in Rothwell. I think in 1983, 84, I was only twenty-one. We opened the salon there, and it became because it was very modern, and we'd brought all the ideas from the city centre in, into a suburban area. It became um, a bit of a hip place to be.
0: Well, again, you know, because I know you've 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 told me this before how. You know, people. in When you moved it to Rothwell, people maybe didn't see that was what Rothwell needed. They, you know, no, they, they all yeah. they still wanted the what, what it, and shampoo sets and sets and the big blow dry. And I think again, I think that's that's an important thing there for people in business now who might be listening to this. Sometimes you have to step out of what the norm is because you know if if you just step, we you'd have probably still made money and you'd probably still been quite busy doing the the sets and perms and things. But it wouldn't have got you that kind of. I mean, we um, st- we
1: did get a lot of stick for it at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my mum said, "I need to tell you, there's a lot of people not not happy, and and, and I don't know if you're going to be successful, and blah blah blah." Well,
0: you take a risk, don't you?
1: Oh, I just had my eye well, on well, one thing, and I didn't really. Well, don't you think <laughs>
0: because one thing about creativity is if you're going to be creative, you have to you have to break the norm. I look at some of the people that that we. Because we like visiting art galleries, don't we, and looking at art? And I look at the people that we enjoy looking at. I mean, it's me especially. Um, They were all artists that that were very different at the time. They, they were kind of, you know, the the forerunners and stuff. I mean, like Dali. I mean, Dali stuff's just mad, you know. And um and Picasso. I mean, I've got a little Picasso on the wall up here. It's not, an actually an original Picasso. Um, it's an Ikea Picasso. <laughs>
1: if it wasn't original, it wouldn't be. There. Well, I've mentioned
0: it many times because it, it's basically there's a picture of a, a flamingo, a horse, a dash hound, a penguin, and an owl. And how he did those is his challenge was to draw the entire picture. They were all done, draw separate. There's like there's five of them. So each one of the pictures was done with just one stroke of a pen, he didn't lift his pen off. And he has a saying, and I think I have to just. In fact, I think I've got this right. It's the artist I need to just get correct anyway. It'll work anyway. And Picasso said that he spent um, twenty of his twenty years of his life um, learning how to paint like Rembrandt, and then the rest of his career trying to paint like a child again. And he, he he was this big about having a childlike curiosity and a childlike creativity. So you've got your your Salon, salon's working creative, creative, creative. So that's your career. So you've gone from something, you, you've you had a very creative career with your, your hair, and you did that for how long? When did, How long did you have your salon for?
1: 21 years.
0: That's a long time. Mm. So you're telling me if you had it at 21, that means somewhere in your mid 40s you would pack that in? 41. 41. And then how did your creativity then start to show itself in other aspects of your life? Because by this time you're married you married to Glenn. Um,
1: Oh, when I, when I left the salon, I was not married to Glenn. Okay. I was married to Philip. That's <laughs> it. So Glenn was the first husband, Philip was the second husband.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. As far as your creativity, because how did that move into, into your home, home life? Because th- that's, that's really what I wanted to get into with you today is how you have this ability to take something that's fairly ordinary, whether that be um, an outfit, um, a house. Um, even a, hot, a trip, a, a vacation, you can you can take something that's very ordinary, and make it very different. So, w- when did you start becoming creative in your home? Because I'm I'm guessing because you well I know I, mean, I don't have to ask you I actually already know this but you used to live above the salon didn't you?
1: I we lived above the salon, Glenn and I, for a long time. I mean during this time as well we had a child, a daughter, and it was when I met Philip and he lived in this big old house which was a beautiful old house but it was a little bit run down you know you could tell that a man lived in it there wasn't really much um homeliness going on and I wanted a change of direction and we did the house up or should I say I did the house up and it looked it just looked really lovely it never felt like my house because he'd lived there a long time. He'd lived there with his first wife, and we were always looking for something to take on. And we found an old house nearer um, where I'm from, and that coincided with me deciding to give up my salon and um, go into something else. And I, I decided to go back to art college, and I did um, a two-year, like um, a fa- foundation course. So we did textiles, we did photography, we did a lot of different things and then you were supposed to go into something more specific for a degree. So those two things came together and then I did um, a course on interior architecture. We did the house up and the house was just amazing. It looked nothing like the outside did. The outside was still the same. It was listed building outside, but the inside was just, even now when I think about what it was, and all the ideas and how it ended up it was quite spectacular really and I just loved like choosing colors choosing fabrics designing garden layouts lighting just everything about it I and 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 I found this is just another little little story when I was hairdressing I you always specialise in cutting or colouring. That's the way it was. I specialised in cutting. And then I went to learn colouring. And I found that I had an eye for colour. And people would come in with bad colours. You know, that somebody else had done them bad. Or they'd done it themselves. And I could just look. And whatever I went and picked and did. Just worked. Everything worked out. So then I became good at just choose. I just became good at trusting the colours that I chose, and people be like, "Ay sure, they sure. And You know, when people choose colours and they're looking at them for ages, get the little book and they take it home and they're doing this and they're doing that, I could just look and think, yeah, they'll go, that's fine.
0: I think creativity, the one thing I, I noticed, certainly, as I got older and I got into, into work and then I got it, especially when I got into business, there was kind of a band of people that that called themselves creatives. So you know, they did with agency owners. They, they they might have been graphic designers, web designers, creative people, and they always put a label on themselves as creative. And when you when you talk about that knowing something or an eye for something, I think if we trusted ourselves more, we, we all have that ability to know what's what's right in a certain situation, and especially when 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 you see, I suppose. When I see, I, I, cause I went to your, your house. You lived with Philip on you because that was when you would a different house you'd bought mm. and you'd done up and you'd changed it all inside. And I just remember thinking it just works, and it shouldn't have worked. It's like our house now. That the thing with our house is when you walk in, if I was to if I was to explain our house to people, it wouldn't sound right. You know, we have a we have a, a living room and, and a dining room, which is kind of combined. It's a bit a Victorian terrace. And we've got kind of two different... We've got a settee. Can we, is it a settee or a it's sofa? It's a sofa, darling. Okay, we've, we've got one sofa that's kind of big and kind of browny, grainy, whatever that colour is. Then we've got another one which is red. Then we've got kind of a bust-up leather chair, like a distressed leather chair. and A leopard print chair. A leopard print chair. We've got a, a, a table that looks a bit kind of art deco. Next to a dining table that's just basically distressed wood, and none of that stuff should really work. You know, you wouldn't see that in a in a in a setup in IKEA. Um, and and I realise that you have this ability to bring things and put them in and just make them work. Almost an eclectic mix makes it work. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, you, you have to worry too much about things. In this, in the eighties and nineties, we were, we had matching. You know, you bought matching things, and I don't. That's not my my way. I'll see something. Um, you know, when I when I bought... It's it's like an Art Deco. I don't know if it's a dressing table or a sideboard because it's got a mirror. It looks On like the a sideboard to me. Legs. It looks
0: like a sideboard. It's not, certainly not a dressing table. And it's
1: like a PVC and inside is mirrored. It's, yeah. it, it's an Italian one. It looks like one. it meant to
0: have glass inside. Yeah.
1: And, um, and, show the glass off. and I just saw it and... I looked at the colour and I thought, well, that's going to go with anything, to be honest.
0: So do you think there's something here about having... Because you mentioned it with the, with the hair colour. Do you think there's something about having confidence to make those decisions that may, that may sound strange to other people?
1: Yes, I believe a lot more people have that ability. Yeah. They just don't trust themselves.
0: So... You know, you, you had this experience in your salon, you're doing your hair, then all of a sudden you, you you leave that, you go into something else. And when I met you, which was back in first met you back in 2012, and you you were you were, you were a coach then, weren't you? you were a
1: health. I got into health. You well came been. in to, to
0: sort my chubby belly out. <laughs> and and my, has it gone? It has gone. It has gone. My chubby belly and my appalling diet, <laughs> and both of which now are better than they were. But when I when I first started, sort of get got to to know you, and certainly I think when when we start seeing each other, there were certain things as well you had about you created experiences. So the creativity you have, you clearly have it with hair. Um, you've clearly got the ability to to make a house look nice. Prior to that, you've got the, the ability to actually design an internal layout in a house with an architect and things. But in our home, since since we moved in here, and when did we move in here?
1: It will be six years in March.
0: Six years, goodness me! I say six, six years. That's uh, that's gone quickly. There became this thing that you started to create experiences. Like I remember, I don't to say this proudly, you know. <laughs> I have had many a meal on an evening um, with a tray on me, on my lap, watching telly, and that that never flew with you. No, so, it didn't, so, so it. one of the things I noticed early on in <laughs> our relationship, was, well, I don't know whether it was a snob is You had this thing where you created an experience around around dinner time. You know, you you, you would put some you put some food together, and even if we're having kind of fairly basic food, the experience of eating it always was nice because you created the experience. There were candles always going on, and you'd insist on having nice plates, and you know, sometimes some fancy glasses would come out to to <laughs> to, to, to hold whatever we were drinking. But but the one the one area I think certainly in this house is you you've gone through and you never settle, you know. Because the one thing about you which people don't know, and I'm going to going to tell them is, you, how many houses have you lived in before here?
1: Twenty
0: one. So you've lived in twenty one houses in how many years? Fifty eight. So that's roughly what's that? Fifty eight years. So you stay in a house two years on average. Two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. and you've been here now six. So my challenge mm-hmm. when when we first moved here was actually to keep you here, yeah. <laughs> not keep you here as in you're going to run off, as in make you stay here and not have this desire to go somewhere else. And when we first came into this house, it was an old Victorian house. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it, it was scabby. It was a, it was nice, but it was it was decorated quite. It was, it was like
1: bordering on Scabby, Gareth.
0: Well, okay, we're bordering on Scabby, but I love the house. And the reason I love the house, we're sat in it now, is I love this downstairs office, this tanked-out cellar, which is which is a great space. But you remember what colour this was when we moved in here? Was
1: it tangerine?
0: It was it was bright yellow. Oh,
1: okay. And
0: tangerine was upstairs in, in, our bedroom. in, in, the, in the living room and the bedroom. And I remember, I kind of must, I knew, you know, it's not like I suspected, I kind of knew that, that we were going to have to get quite a bit of decorating done. I mean, I'd have lived with it, you know that. You know, I, I wouldn't have done anything. Would you have
1: lived with that? Like I, well, I think tangerine it, wood. It's in what the you bedroom. said about
0: your 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 second husband, Philip. You know, it would have looked. If it was just me living here by myself, it would look more like a man's house. It would have stayed the same color. It would have had a dartboard put up in the living room, something <laughs> like that. But what you then start to do is you start to go to each of the rooms, and each room you kind of you worked on. So you took each room and said, right, what what's this going to look like? And you used to tell me things, and I thought it's not going to work. Now can that work? Like when you did the living room, and you said I'm going to colour one of the walls purple. Like, purple? What are you purple for? And What's then when wrong I bought, Magnolia? then
1: when I bought a mirror that was had a pink wood frame, you mean you can't put that up? It won't go.
0: And you put it up, and it did. Hmm? So, do you do you feel do you feel stifled if you can't be creative? If you go, because there must be times now. I mean, you do yoga, which I would I would say yoga is creative because you can, you create different routines. Um, but do you find it stifling if you can't be creative? Do Do you like the ability to be creative and flow more than you prefer structure?
1: Yes, I think for me with the house, it's not just about being creative. It's about creating a home and a place where you feel at home. And so it has to have certain things in it. Well, I think one of the other
0: things that, that's quite interesting about our house is not what's in it, it's what's not in it as well. Because we don't have a TV.
1: No, only because they don't look good. Well, I don't think it would even that. We
0: we never, we always spend a lot of time talking. Uh, we we, all, we both liked music. Um, so we, we ditched the TV. We we had a TV with Kemi. we never brought it in. Cause it, and it actually didn't fit in the living room. It just looked out of place. And, and even now when people come to the house for the first time, and you can see them looking around. Well, so, what's up? you tell telly? We don't have We've- a telly.
1: In, in a, my previous house, we had a lot of space. We had a television there, but it was in a massive, big, like, oak dresser that you could shut the doors, you know, and, and, and not see it, it and hide it away. Yeah.
0: So, your, your creativity with the hair, you've got the creativity with the housing and creating a home. Um, but the one thing I think you've really excelled at in the last two years, but more so the last 12 months, is your creativity in the kitchen. You are massively, massively creative when it comes to food. And, you know, we, we went on a journey, whew, I don't know how long ago now, is it three years, two years? When we went into not eating the meat. We, we became plant-based, plant-based, two we became, years ago. So two years ago, we kept plant-based, which we which we've, I've talked about this before. It was a decision we made. You predominantly because of the the effect of... Um, health. Health, and and you had an aspect. My, mine was absolutely just for health. I saw the health benefits of it. But we were left with a situation where we'd been used to eating some quite nice food. We'd, we used to be very heavily meat eaters. So we'd have nice steaks, nice joints, you know, duck, chicken, very rich food. And then all of a sudden that was taken away from us. And you had to you had to learn how to cook again. So you had, a, you had a repertoire when you think, I mean, I look back at your shepherd's pie. Mm. And your cannelloni. Yeah. You know, and you. <laughs> I'm starting to drill now thinking about it. And, and things like the, the belly pork you used to make and the roast chicken was a thing of beauty that you made. And once you took that out, you had to relearn how to cook.
1: I panicked at first. In fact, it put me off going plant-based because I just thought, what am I going to cook? I'm just going to have to eat salad, steamed vegetables. And it did put me off. And then we, I just started looking at recipes. And the thing I find is sometimes I make, I'll make something and people absolutely rave about it and it'll just be a menu it'll just be a recipe that i found that i follow i follow it completely
0: well come on if you, if you look at any creative person let me like we talked about artists artists never they always copied somebody else they took somebody else's thing concept idea and and they they took it to another level and i think you've done all that because although you say you follow recipes Quite a lot of recipes that we eat now. And we have a repertoire which is not huge, but it's, it's quite large now of plant-based items. All of which, we both say this, and I, I don't say without any fear of being wrong, that if we gave that to a stone-cold meat eater, they would love it. You don't miss the meat with the way you cook. But you took recipes and then you start off and you've got this way of adapting them.
1: And also, I think when I see a recipe, I can tell by the ingredients it's going to be nice. Yeah.
0: Well, again, that's... I think that's the art of, of creativity, is to understand what makes something work. Like, I'm not creative to the extent you are with the house, I can't say I am, but, but I, I am a reasonably good cook. I can cook reasonably well, I put my mind to it, especially Indian food. Um, And, and I'm one of these that once you start to understand something, and I don't know if this is, you find this with creativity as well, but. You have to almost immerse that thing. So if you're going to be cooking Indian food, you have to understand a lot about the Indian culture. I mean, I understand a lot about the Pakistani culture. I grew up around the the people from Pakistan and I understand their food. But it's not enough just to understand the food per se. You've got to understand the culture, why these things are made, when they eat them, how how they source the food and stuff and source the ingredients. So... One thing that I found with your cooking was how they had the ability sometimes just to take really simple ingredients and make them really tasty, which which some people do struggle to do.
1: And that's what I don't get because I've, as you know, I've made some piccalilli. Never made piccalilli before, and I decided it's one of my favourites, and I'll have a go. I like at Christmas if I can make something to give to people; it's um, a nice little touch. So all I did was I went on the internet and put best traditional piccoli recipe and it came up and it was a bit weird because when you used to buying it in jars it were like oh well that's not in a jar oh you don't get that in a jar apart from the cauliflower and then I went bought all the ingredients made it jarred it up two people have had it so far and they've absolutely <laughs> raved about it you've, you've banned and me from eating it I've just taken it off the internet but it's it's,
0: it's this air you've got of knowing how to prepare it properly It's what I said right at the beginning of this. If you don't enjoy doing something, you're not going to do it well. You enjoy cooking, so you'll make the effort. Like, the reason I think I make a good curry, and I don't think I make an exceptionally good curry, is because I'm really interested in the product. I'm interested in the process. I'm interested in making it taste right. So I can spend three and four hours batch cooking a curry. And if you haven't got the, if you can't be bothered doing that, it's not important to you. You're just going to not cook your onions long enough, and you're not going to cook your spices long enough, and you won't cook your sauce down until it's thick, and you you won't get the consistency right or the seasoning right. You'll just rush it. And I think one thing that I I have often said, and we've discussed this before, I think it's true people who have a passion for life, or are passionate people, tend to be foodies. They they, they like food, you like art, you you like theatre. You know, you like cooking. There's there's an element of, I mean, we've often said, we've talked about this, and there's a big link between creative energy and sexual energy.
1: I'd never, ever go with a man who couldn't cook. No. no. Well,
0: you, you, but I think this is true, and I think that people sometimes misunderstand that, you know, if, if you are if you have got a lot of um, creativity, you know, that, that can be seen in two ways. You can be a very passionate person. You can be a highly sexed person. The two energies are the same. Don't be making signs like that, Susan. That's just rude. <laughs> and when we when we understand this, what we can actually do is, and it's something in a book, which is a very famous person development book, um, and it's um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It talks about transmuting sexual energy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So the famous. idea is you
0: take this, instead of having this kind of lust running through your life and this kind of just desire to be having sex all the time, you turn that into a very creative way and you can utilise that energy. And I think that's something over the years I've maybe struggled with um, transmuting it. <laughs> you know, I've maybe not always used it in the correct way. But being creative is something that, certainly living with somebody else is creative, like you, it, it inspires my creativity. And, and just little things that I find, I, I like to create now um, experiences for us. You know, that's something you taught me about. So you can go and you can get an all-inclusive in beta, which... You know, many people do. It's a very popular place to go for holidays and then a lot of all-inclusive. And the first time we went to Beeth, you created more of an experience. We went to a, a smaller place you knew of and very different holiday. When I went with you the first time, it wasn't what I expected because I was I was a bit used to the kind of, you know, all-inclusive, you know, sit by a, on a lounger all day, a couple of drinks on a night and go on the occasional organized trip to see dolphins or something. Although I said that because I've never been on a trip to see dolphins. <laughs>
1: But we what are, you, if we went to no, filing. No, right we went to that dolphins. point. Okay, we did it at
0: <laughs> But what you did is you, you took a situation like a holiday two weeks and you made an experience out, you created an experience. So the first, the, I noticed that. So I started thinking similar things. So I remember we, we've had a couple of times where I've organised weekends for us. Um, I remember one year when we did, we did Leeds, we went to Leeds for a creative weekend.
1: We did, do not
0: we? And I kind of booked an hotel and then I booked the places to eat, I booked what we were going to do, I booked somewhere at the theatre. We went to
1: the theatre, yeah.
0: And this creativity is something I find now comes out in my, I mean this is the form of creativity to podcasting mm-hmm. and it's something I love doing because I love talking to interesting people. Um, but I've actually realised now I like talking to people I know. It's so like there's, you've been on this a couple of times. Um, John is quite regular. Rianne's been on it a long time. What I like is to go deeper with people rather than just this kind of surface level stuff. And I think being creative allows you to to think about things in a different way and think of different solutions. Because again, I think that's something we both we both do well is we can normally come up to a the solution to quite a difficult problem once you start to look at it in a creative way. And if you think about people who have homes, and they can look, they can look very nice. You know, they've got, the ikea stuff in there or they've been to what's the other one dfs and it all looks very samey samey my mother's a bit like that my mother's house is a bit like that you know it's all very samey samey and, and it's nice it feels nice and it feels comfortable but there's something about having that added air of creativity so is there any particular place that you visit or go to that we are we visit and go to that um, that you feel makes you feel creative
1: Well, the first thing that came to mind, and I've only been once, was the market in Barcelona.
0: Yeah, that would inspire you to cook, wouldn't it? It was there.
1: the atmosphere, the colours, the smells, the the buzziness, all the delicious food. Then you could eat it there as well. Um, and I quite like Leeds Market. It's not the same, but they have lots of fish, and like even though I don't eat it, i oh, very rarely. I don't know, I mean...
0: I'll tell you the place I was thinking that I always feel inspired by is Salt in Bradford.
1: I do like Salt smells, but it doesn't inspire me no.
0: It's the books. Oh, I can because, spend all day in a well, bookshop. B- because that's the thing. Because one thing I think when you're creative is I buy a lot of books. And I don't buy the book for what's inside the book. I tend to buy the book for the title. Because it's fun sometimes. I can see a title of a book and it really, really inspires me to think in a different way. And I think... Creativity, it's about sparking that creativity and keep it going. And um I'm sure my my friend, our friend now actually, our friend Rianne, won't mind me saying this. You know, she's a she's a harpist and she often talks about when she feels she's you know, when she feels the creativity stifled, she doesn't feel right. And I've often thought that with creativity, you just need those regular moments to inspire yourself. Because I, I also get very inspired when we're out in nature. There's, there's something very creative about being out there. Your creative juices start to flow. You think about ideas. You think in a different way when you're outside. Because I think there's two aspects of creativity. I think there's a creativity as in creating something, and then there's creating the idea to create the thing, if that makes sense. So like with you, with your with your food, I mean, this year you've done Piccolilly for Christmas. You've also made some Christmas cakes. I have. Which...
1: Got he a bit was, rescued, really, because um, I put far too much fruit in. I read the recipe, or I did something um, not quite right, and there was a ridiculous amount of fruit in it. So they're a little bit on the heavy side, but they taste divine.
0: We have a little taste tonight, didn't we? Yeah, I'm
1: going to cover them, ice them, marzipan, so people can't see exactly what they're like underneath.
0: <laughs> Your creativity when it comes to organising... Um, trips let's just talk about that because i think this is something i mean there's a couple of things here that i want to kind of start to summarize now because um firstly you know uh, if, if you're listening to this and you've got people let's say you've got children you might be of an age where you're looking at your career yourself you might be a lot younger or, or if you have somebody or you know of somebody that's that's at school still and, and and taking that next step you know what i think you would evidence is go with what your gut tells you if you if you have something you love doing there's an indication you should maybe be doing that and that may not always be what people suggest you do. You know, I know certainly within my experience of, of working with younger people, a lot of times their career choice is potentially made for them by the parents. You are going to, you know, we think you should do this, we think you should do that. You've got to trust yourself even at an early age.
1: I um, I always remember um, when I was talk when I decided I was going to go to art college, so I must have been like 14, 15. And um, we used to have a boxing day evening party at my parents house and all the friends had come all the neighbors had come they'd all drink far too much and snog each other's wives and stuff like that and then pretend it never happened the following day (laughs) and um my mum and dad had some good friends i won't mention them um by name but um she said to me we were talking about at the table and she she said she was very creative herself as in she painted and she says the thing is She's going to art college is all is all good and well, but if you want to stand out, you've to be really, really good. So if you're not like the best at doing what you're doing, mm, I don't know if you should be going. And I and then I started to doubt myself. I mean, looking back, it was no big deal, but I think sometimes <clears throat> at fourteen, fifteen, you, you're not really sure your creativity, your skill or anything could come out in years and years after that. Um, yeah. It was just an old-fashioned way of thinking that people did think like, but I still remember her saying it, and it put this doubt in my mind. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not the best. I'm not, like, really, Well, I think really to, to
0: be good at anything, you have to be different. Uh, and if you look at the people we revere as artists, especially music artists, you know, they didn't really do the same thing everybody else did, you know. The Rolling Stones didn't copy another Rolling Stones. The Beatles were very different at the time, you know. And and I think even if you look at kind of um, more modern day artists that have come out, if you look how Adele were different, you know, she looked different to start with, you know, and you know, and but she had a great voice. She actually was going back more to that kind of big Shirley Bassey voice, which which wasn't around. I think we have to encourage creativity in others, even if that creativity isn't going to be something that leads to maybe a, a job. Does it make people happy? And I think if your creativity makes you happy, you must explore that area of what makes you happy. The other thing about, I wanted to sort of get across and summarise with this, this idea of your home is an environment that is hugely important to you. And whether you're, you're single, whether you're married, whether you've got kids, whether you just moved into your first home, in creating an environment that is your environment, that you make personal to you, it, it makes a huge difference to your overall well-being, in my view. You have to live in a place, place that's peaceful and the one thing about this home that we live in now from the minute I walked into it way back in 2014 whatever it was 14 13 14 whenever it was I felt at home as soon as I came in there was a sense of, of something about this house it added energy which was very different to, to any house I've been in before and all you've done is added to that and since we because we'll talk about this now, we completed some DIY tests in the last bit of lockdown, didn't we? We did. So prior to lockdown, we had the challenge of, we had a, a porch and a bedroom that had had some rain damage. Yeah. Well, actually two bedrooms. Two, two bedrooms, bedrooms. and a porch but... that had rain damage, which needed plastering. Um And throughout the second, and we left it right, we, we got them plastered. And then within the second phase of lockdown, we decorated both those bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And then we worked on a work surface in the kitchen and, yeah. and sanded that down. I'll say we. Um, I did that. You did help a little bit with the decorating. And all of a sudden, now it's like a house is complete.
1: Well, you know, we went from having that porch with the rain damage and cork tiles, bits of cork tiles stuck on the wall and a big hole to um we had some I found some City <laughs> wallpaper, the plates, the ha- the faces that one of my clients found in her loft that we made into a panel. It's like there can't be another porch.
0: There'd be no porch like that. There'd be no ever. porch like that. The, so the one thing I really enjoyed about this process was was as planning it out, doing it, but also that's that huge sense of satisfaction when you'd finished.
1: Oh, it's lovely! And also, I'll just add the, the the wallpaper wasn't enough for a wall, so we just made a panel, didn't we? Well, again, that's
0: creative thinking.
1: We put a, 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 a wood board around it. Just like just because you can make
0: pretty pictures, and just because you can do something, doesn't make you creative. For me, creative is is a sense, an essence of who you are, and. You're often fond of saying this, you know, you do one thing, you do everything. I believe if you're creative, you're creative in everything. And that allows you, if you are creative, to be more... Um, I think more resilient because she can find solutions you that maybe other people don't see.
1: Solutions or resolutions.
0: And I, I think the one thing as well about this creativity is it's something that the more creative you are, the tend, more creative you tend to become.
1: It's like it opens a little bit of a floodgate. Yeah, yeah. Because you become confident in doing it and choosing and looking and seeing and and ex- and designing, you become. It, so it becomes more of a flow. But just let me take you back to, you said, let's do a podcast. And I said, what about? And what did you say? Creativity. No, one thing in particular.
0: Um, what was it about?
1: Was it something to do with a Christmas tree?
0: Oh, okay. We were going to forget that one. We? <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, I, I remembered <laughs> now. This is 47. It's now 47 minutes hence. This year is a very different Christmas. We all know that lockdown's here. It's been a fairly ropey 2020 for a lot of people. We can't celebrate Christmas the same. But something that you did this year is you, we made the decision that we really, we would do something different to a normal Christmas tree. Yes. So for the last two or three years, we've had this big seven foot tall fancy Christmas tree that came from a a farm. Beautiful as it was. And it was gorgeous. They were lovely. And because it's a Victorian terrace, and because of the colours and that, and the fairy lights around it, it really did look the part. But this year, you did something. You took a piece of, I can only describe it as um, well. It's a mannequin, isn't it?
1: It's a mannequin made out of twigs. So it's like a mannequin. And so try to and yeah, wood
0: and wood. And you've taken this this item, this mannequin made out of wood and feathers, and you've turned it into a Christmas decoration slash tree. Yes. And it looks phenomenal.
1: Because if you can imagine the skirt, which is all these twigs and feathers, I've made a skirt out of Christmas tree offcuts. So it's got this big full skirt, which is like fir tree. And then at the top of the bodice, I've had big pieces coming out and then just put fairy lights and and some baubles and stuff on. Um, as normal but there's the odd weird thing in there like there's a little eiffel tower and there's a swan and there's a pineapple and there's just the odd thing it's very creative
0: now for those people that think ah, yeah what creativity and so what let me give you an indication of what creativity has has done and and this is a byproduct i I wouldn't say you do it just for this reason because you've got to love what you (laughs) do right but last year we got our christmas tree from a little farm shop in wakefield called blacker hall farm if I recall, we didn't have a lot of change out of £80 for that Christmas tree.
1: No, we did not.
0: And it was a lovely tree, Beautiful. value for money, we thought, and, and we wouldn't have been aggrieved to get another one this year. You racked up two Sundays ago to another Christmas tree farm just near where we live, mm-hmm. Wandered in and said, have you got any offcuts? They got you this bag of offcuts, the size, well, a big carrier bag full of them, and just said, stick a couple of quid in the donation box.
1: Well, I could have as much as I wanted. And then so they, we they so put what, them through the net. So this know?
0: creativity that you brought into this process of the mannequin mm. not only has made something which I think looks better than a Christmas tree, it's roughly £78 pounds cheaper than a Christmas <laughs> tree.
1: And of course, I don't know what they would have done with the off I think other people clearly must pick them but up. If you they will, they might be them. Just um, put a donation in there. Donation. The
0: and then when you, we talked about food earlier, the one thing we've noticed... We, I've said this, and I'm not. You know, we, we are foodies. We we've eaten out a lot. We've spent a. I would I would hate to think how many I'm thousands sure. of pounds we have spent in, and it will be multiple thousands of pounds in restaurants in the eaten in the time out, we've been yeah. together. We, we 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 always valued good food. Since you started eating plant based, and even before then, we were creating food in this house, which was we've we've agreed many times is better. It's restaurant quality food.
1: It's got to that point. It's yes. got to
0: that point now. Where when, we, when I put a curry on or I do my cooking, it is restaurant quality food. We're preparing restaurants. It's the only food. thing
1: we decided that we would eat out because you can't cook it yourself at home is pizza. Yeah, and then you end up but guess nailing what? a pizza. <laughs> nailed-
0: so now you make a pizza that's as good, if not better, than it out there. And again, with that, there's a significant saving. With clothing, if you buy stuff and be different. So, there's actually a very there's a big financial benefit to being creative. And it's why I think when people put the um, excuse in, I don't have the money, no, you, it's not that you don't have the money, you don't have the creativity. And there's a big difference. Here. And this is something I think we need to encourage in people. And that's why I wanted you on here today, because if you're listening to this, you know, understand once you start to become creative, you become more creative. You've got to trust yourself. You're going to make a few mistakes. And you're going to make some stuff sometimes that doesn't always work out. Um, one of the things I've got really good at in the last twelve months is making japatis, the little bread you eat with the with the curries. And how many japatis must I have made now? It's just it's hundreds, hundreds. And when we first started off, they were rubbish, and I had to practice and learn and play and be creative. And eventually, now I mean, we had
1: square ones, square triangle ones, triangle ones, ones, thick ones, some that were flat, ones thin ones, shiny ones. ones.
0: <laughs> you have to expand your creativity because it's if you're struggling with something. So let's say you might think, well, you know, this year I can't I can't afford that two week holiday in Ibiza. And we faced that last year. We faced mm. the fact that we didn't have a massive budget for his holiday. We wanted to go for there for a longer period of time. We would like to have been there three weeks. Um, so we were left with a challenge. We had to be creative and we come up with a really creative solution. Very A solution we'll never forget. <laughs> we, we literally <laughs> slept, slept, in, a slept in, a, in a cow shed is something similar to it. But even that, we, we ended up taking £500 of his budget for, for accommodation. And we spent that budget on Paddleboards. Paddle boards. So we create a whole new experience. So when you are limited with money, or limited with time, or even limited with skill, be creative with what you've got. You know, if you sign a home now and you don't feel completely in love with the house, then make it your own. You don't need to spend a lot of money to do that. You know, some of the stuff that's in this house has come from charity shops. Some of the clothes that me and Sue wear came from charity shops. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to step out and try doing something different. You know, don't be afraid of, of going into the kitchen and looking in your fridge and saying, what have I got in here? None of that should go together, but it might do. How can I turn this into something? You know, yes, you can buy Piccoli at 90 pence a jar and it's done for you and you can get it and it's cheap. But actually, when you made all that Piccoli, the cost of it was not a great deal of money. You've got a product which is way better than you can buy in the shops. It was fun. And it was fun you enjoyed it. It felt
1: like something out of 1950s.
0: I, wanna cre- I, wanna, I, wanna get, I want people to be more creative whether it's creative with your words, you know, I'm not saying you, sh- you should, but you know, you could start a podcast. These podcasts are not difficult to start. In fact, anybody who wants to start a podcast, especially if you've got a business, you should get in touch with me on my website. I'm going to put a little course together for people to, to learn how to do podcasting, but you can podcast and you can be creative with that. Get a notebook out and start writing. Why can't you try writing some poetry? Um, there's a young lady I, I used to work for me, Louise. And when I first met Louise, she was, she was very young and, um, a bit wild. I think she she wouldn't mind me saying that. And I saw Louise turn from quite a, a raucous um, teenager, quite hard work, you know, quite a difficult. She's become incredibly creative. She's 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 written books now. She writes poetry. She creates art. And it's it's I'm I'm kind of in so. I'm, every time I look at, her, I'm so happy that she's found this clearly found happiness in creativity. If you cre- if you are a human being, you need to be creative. You need to find that creative outlet. And it may not be that you want to do the cooking or whatever, but, you know, writing, try painting. You know, you can get yourself a set of pencils and a a, a sketch pad and just start sketching away. What about a camera? Start taking some photographs and be creative with that. Because once you get into a particular um, discipline, whether it's art, cooking, um, dancing, music, photography, then you go deeper into it and you learn and you become more creative with the knowledge you have for it. I we we've got now upstairs we've got a, a folder, have not we, in the kitchen, which has got all the recipes in that we make, mm-hmm. and and some of those now you know have become kind of fairly famous, the daily dials that we've made and your your fancy salads, but you have to be creative, and we should be encouraging creativity in ourselves, creat- in, creative in other people, because when you think about all the great things that's happened in human in human um, evolution, it's all been something that somebody that wasn't there before somebody created it. He said it right at the beginning. I think it's true. We are all creators. We all are all meant to create. You don't make a choice to be creative or not. We're all creative. You've just forgotten you're creative. So if you get the chance, especially if you listen to this before Christmas, there's every chance you're going to have a couple of days when you're not doing out. You know, you might have a couple of days off and a bit of easy time. Try to use that time to be creative. How do you use that? How do you make your Christmas dinner this this time creative? If you listen to this after, what you're, how do you make your next birthday party creative? Don't just wander in. The next time you got something for your house, wander into IKEA and look for the the first available bit of flat pack that'll do the job. Get on eBay, find something that's second hand. Go into these second hand furniture shops. Look what you've got that you can repurpose. How can you paint it? Rub it down. Paint, you know, do something with it. Creativity is a mindset. Once you're creative, one thing you're creative in everything. It will, I believe, enhance your life. I think it will give you a lot more joy. Would you agree on that? Definitely. It's going to save you some money. And also, you'll end up finding you'll create something that's unique to you, and I think that in itself is a is a wonderful thing. What's your next creative project, Susan?
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I've got like a big, 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 big thing that I want to have a yoga studio. So you've got to create that. My next big—that's going to be a big creation.
0: So there you go, Chris, who, Carly Shaw, the most creative person I know.
1: <laughs> I'll tell but you what, I, though. I'm a lot of creative how, meant, how popular now are those colouring books for adults? I saw one with cats and nearly bought it for Robert because he hates cats. Bought it for
0: Robert because he hates cats. That makes sense. That shows you slightly You know, slightly people get side.
1: them and they spend hours colouring no, be, in. No,
0: because we, we, all, we all need it. If we were more creative, the world would be a better place. We would be more creative. And I think we're so easily pushed by opinions and advice and fashion that if you want to step out and be different, if you want to be seen as different, and if you want to have an experience of life that's just a little bit better than maybe where you are now, ask yourself that question. How creative are you being? Creativity is something I need on a regular basis. That's why I blog. That's why I do my... Me, me, podcasts, if nobody even listened to them or read them. I don't do them for that reason. I do them because I thoroughly enjoy writing the blogs and recording the podcasts. You've not been on for a while have you, Sue? So thank you for giving me this hour of your time.
1: You're more than welcome.
0: Thank you for turning up dressed like um, something from a Bond film. You look like someone from Goldfinger, that woman that was painted in gold.
1: All I needed is some... I mean, she, needed, she didn't really need to be painted, did she? Do
0: you know why she was painted? Why? The painting in gold and it killed her. Your body needs to breathe. Mm. So there was some, there was some shenanigans. That that blood, whatever you call called, Goldfinger, Mr. Goldfinger. He died recently, didn't he? Sean Connery. Yeah, mm. oh, Sean Connery. He was about ninety-two. He had a good injury, did a lot. Right. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions at all about creativity, let me know. You can contact me through my website, GarthBoo.com. If you have any questions for Susan on creativity, she's a real expert on making houses look great, haircuts look great, cooking food. Any questions, on anything we talked about, whether it's decor, food, anything, send me a message. Get in touch with me through that contact page and I'll, I'll get Sue to respond. And, um, you know, whatever you're doing, do it creatively. Thank you, Susan. Goodbye.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Pleasure. Until the See next podcast. Yeah. See you next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the next podcast. Take care.